Welcome back, everybody. It's Taco Tuesday! I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Regla. Alex, I'm going to read your names, and I just want you to guess what this is. Meta okay. World Peace, Luke Walton, Sasha Vujicic, Josh Powell, Lamar Odom, Adam Mortison, Benga, Pal Gasol, Derek Fisher, Jordan Farmar, Andrew Bynum, Shannon Brown, and Kobe Bryant. Any guesses to what that is? I'm guessing that's the last time the Lakers were in the playoffs. That is the roster that the Lakers had the last time they were the one seed in 2010. And that, of course, was the year that Kobe and the Lakers... Well, Kobe won his fifth. The Lakers won their second um, against the Celtics, I believe it was. I'm, I'm already drawing a blank on that. But that was the last time the Lakers were the one seed was the season that was 2009 and 2010. Man, Josh Powell is a name I haven't thought of in in quite some time. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's been a ride, man. Like I was tweeting out some like things just that's happened over like the last few years before the Lakers have made the playoffs again, and th- there's been some strange players, rosters, lineups, moments that this team and the fans have gone through. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. And yesterday, you know, Kuzma tweeted something about like, hey, you know. For all the true Laker fans, this is for you. Like the ones that have been there for the last seven, you know, they haven't been in the playoffs since 2013. That's been seven years. That year they got swept, obviously, but it's been a decade since they won a championship. Some teams have never won, but for the Lakers, it's a big time. And they did beat the Celtics that year um, in 2010. So not only are the Lakers back, they've been in the playoffs. They've clinched that for a while, which feels like forever ago because it happened before the pandemic. But them being the one seed, you know, me and you started doing this podcast i believe in the off season and you know i was like you know there's so many new pieces obviously anthony davis is great lebron is great but the west is so good i wouldn't be surprised if they finish on the lower end of the playoffs people call me crazy pie on my face i was crazy because lakers are so damn good there they go they are the one seed for this year's uh playoffs no matter what it's going to look like and i don't know how much it really matters because there's no travel there's no home court advantage and all that stuff but a really big accomplishment for the lakers that they are the one seed uh, heading into the playoffs this year. Yeah, like if we just break, like David Menman uh, for ESPN actually did a really good article where he kind of like broke up the season in like 10 different games like per segment and kind of listed out everything that happened to this team on and off the court like within that time schedule. And it's insane like how much happened this year, like between the Kobe, the, you know, his death and the China incident that kind of kicked off the entire season, um, the Rob Polika extension incorporating all these new players uh, a new star and anthony davis a new coaching staff a whole front office kind of makeover over the offseason the coaching search like there's a lot that this team kind of yeah. had to endure and yeah to to kind of gel that quickly and to have that chemistry from day one like i don't think anyone could like we could have expected them to be good but i think in if we kind of take the context and everything that they had to go through and then to see how good they still were like yeah i'm just i can't be any more impressed with this team yeah it's been really good frank vogel's been really good uh dwight howard out of nowhere you know certain things that just people didn't expect the lakers have been really good uh, i'm alex padilla at alex padilla 86 on twitter he's alex regla at alex m regla 
on Twitter. You can check out his newsletter, his weekly newsletter, The Throwdowns. Uh, just go to his Twitter. It is pinned to his profile. Subscribe there and check out, check that out weekly. Um, so yeah, yesterday, obviously, if you listen to this channel, you've heard everybody talk about the game against the Jazz yesterday. So we won't, we're not going to jump into that. The Lakers play tomorrow um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder at 3:30 Pacific. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. But really, now the fact, the true question is now. Obviously, we've seen what they've done in these three games. They've said they're going to kind of treat it like a preseason. They're going to try and figure things out. They do have to, A, get their legs under them. B, they have to incorporate new players onto this team. It's not just Deion Waiters. It's not just J.R. Smith. I mean, Markeith Morris really hasn't integrated himself yet as a true Laker. Uh, adding Caruso to get more minutes. Kuzma's getting more minutes. So there's a lot of changes for this particular team. Um, so we're going to talk about that. What they need to improve before the playoffs begin, what they can fix, what they can clean up, what the what has been bad in the three games and what we want to see better in the upcoming five games. Because I'll tell you straight up, the the biggest glaring weakness that the Lakers have shown these three games, and it could just be that they're getting their legs under them, getting used to shooting in this gym with all these weird screens all around them. You know, that you never really know. If you watch college basketball, when the Final Four, they go into these football stadiums, and they're not really good games because it takes a lot of adjustment to go from a certain arena to this giant stadium. And it's almost like an opposite effect for these players. They're in these giant arenas all the time. And now they're in this tiny gym with crazy video boards and, and fans on Zooms and stuff like that. Which So you never, I don't really know the reason, but the Lakers have been terrible for their three-point shooting in these first three games. I mean, just awful. Okay, so they, they've taken 102 so far how many that's a lot right uh, for them that's yeah that is a lot and i think that's what defenses are forcing them to do they know you know obviously the paint advantage this team has with their centers and ad and lebron specifically like the game plan is to force them to shoot if they're shooting jumpers you're kind of that's a little victory in your book in terms of like what Mm -hmm. you're forcing them to do but out of those 102 threes they've taken so far how many how many do you think they've made out of 102, I would say about 30, just like a 30% average. Yeah, you're spot on. 30, which is basically... And I did not know that. It just sounds about right. I swear to God, I didn't look it 29%, basically, from three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, it's been bad. And, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's going to continue to be bad because we don't really know. But there's one guy who I've been pretty like, all right, I'm, I'm keeping my eye on you because you're really here for this. And that's Danny Green. Um, he's been pretty bad at threes. I think, let me look it up. 0 for 1 against the Jazz last night. 0 for 6 against the Raptors. And then 2 for 6 against the Clippers. So that's not what you want from Danny Green. I mean, that's his, one of his real reasons why he's on this team is for that three-point shooting. Yeah, he's the one guy I wouldn't, I, I am surprised about his struggles so far. Like you said, he's the guy last year. I think he was second in the league in terms of three point percentage. Um, he's kind of been hot and cold all, all year. Um, but still, this is definitely a cold streak for him. And I'm just surprised that he's missing the open ones as much as he is. But I mm-hmm. think he's another guy where, like you said, the environment, the layoff, he's an older player. Maybe that has something to do with his timing and stuff like that. I'm just hoping this is just kind of a, a random little streak for him and nothing consistent yeah like i'm not gonna sit here and like 
overreact and be like, yo, Danny Green sucks. We got to cut him. He can't play any more minutes. He's not making threes. I don't think he falls into, like, obviously yesterday, I think he, he was pretty decent on his actual field. Yeah, four of seven yesterday on his field goals, mm-hmm. but uh, 0 for 1 on threes. I'm definitely not putting him, like, in a Kyle Korver category where, like, if he doesn't make threes, he's useless. I think Danny Green does other things that he he's going to get his minutes and he should get his minutes. But I'm keeping my eye on him because he does need to be better. Like, that's just a fact. If the Lakers are going to make this deep run, we keep saying it, or I keep saying it, you know what you're going to get from Anthony Davis. He's he's so good right now. You know, he seemed determined last night to just show everybody that how good he is. You know what you're going to get from LeBron, even though I think in these eight seeding games, he's kind of taking a back seat, trying to distribute a little bit more. But you need that stuff from A, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, and KCP, who's another guy. We cannot revert to 2019 KCP. We need 2020 KCP. Yeah, and I know we're probably going to bring this up after this, but I think the reason, you know, with guys like Danny Green and KCP struggling, I think that's why the starting lineup hasn't been very good these last three games. And I think, like you said, with AD, like how dominant he's been in the Clippers game, in Toronto, we saw them do a lot of double teams and kind of these kind of like zone defense where they're forcing the, the Lakers three-point shooters to beat them, and obviously they couldn't. Like, I, I think the spacing is already kind of crammed when you have a guy like McGee also in the starting lineup. And if you kind of add on Danny Green and KCP not making shots... And LeBron not really being a catch-and-shoot guy, really, because he has the ball in his hands. That makes things pretty crammed in the in the paint. Mm-hmm. So, to go with that point, and we could talk about the starting five, because I think it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. Do you see a change coming, possibly? Like, And if there is a change, I mean, are they only going to change out KCP? Or do you think Danny Green can be benched? Or do you think there will be a change? I, I mean, I... I'm not. I don't think there would be a change, but I think if there would be a change, I think a guy like McGee would be the guy swapped out for, say, Kuzma or Morris, and then go a little smaller. I mean, tech, you know, they're not small. Like LeBron's a big guy, AD's a big right. guy, Kuzma six nine. Like you're not yeah. losing that much height advantage, and then especially if his defense he's shown these last three games is legit. Like I don't think the drop off is going to be insane, and it, I think the offense would be a big improvement just from a spacing i mean yesterday i don't think you're missing javel mcgee for 14 minutes yeah and getting one rebound i I also think it was the matchup like against utah like that you javel's not going to be that effective when you have gobert kind of just in the paint and ad was taking a lot of kind of like these mid-range pull-ups in the first quarter and it wasn't until mcgee got out of the game where ad kind of stretched out to the five where gobert was just out of the paint because he had to guard ad out there and then the driving lanes are open. I think that's why the Lakers shot like 78% at the rim yesterday. Yeah, I just think it's one of those. I brought it up before. I just think it's one of those advantages that the Lakers have. I don't know if you saw that picture when the Rockets were playing and Bulbon just like totally like just taller, like by two feet than anybody the Rockets <laughs> had. It's just one of those things that the Lakers have where you can body somebody up like Gobert with with McGee, mm-hmm. with Davis, with Howard, all game. You could wear them out. It's an advantage that I think that they should play into their advantage. So, like, when you say JaVel McGee should go out, I like having him there. I like having someone big there all the time and not having AD kind of have to worry about it on both ends because that's an advantage that the Lakers have that other teams don't. Now, obviously, when they played the Rockets that one time and it was the first time the Rockets decided, you know, we don't need a freaking center. We're going to go with only guards, basically. Like, it didn't really work out in the Lakers, but no one's seen it yet. 
to me, I think having McGee and having Howard in there constantly, maybe not at the end of games, it wears these guys out. I agree. And I think that's, I mean, I don't think they're, they are going to make a change in the starting lineup after three games. I mean, especially after the, their first place in the West for a reason. Like this, McGee, right. AD have been your front court all year. You're not going to swap them out because of going two and one against three playoff teams, you know. Especially Which we when, both said we were they're gonna do. Yeah. Two and one. And the three point shooting is a big issue and like they can easily be three and oh. And obviously McGee he he obviously flies under the radar. He's not gonna score twenty points a game. He's not gonna grab fifteen rebounds. Like he's not that's not what he's there for. He's doing what you mentioned is allowing A D to kind of preserve that energy early on so he can finish the game at center. And like that's like that's their quote unquote death lineup, right? Is AD at center? If you're running that mm-hmm. from the tip, I'm not sure how effective it'll be later in the game when AD's had to play center all 48 minutes. I think. Oh, the Lakers' death lineup is nowhere near their starting lineup. Exactly. Um, so so far in these three games, the Lakers' starting lineup is a negative 21. Um, so obviously it's not working. But again, I'm not sure how much of that is simply just not converting their threes. They're shooting 21% mm-hmm. this starting lineup when they're out there. So obviously that those yeah. numbers are going to be skewed strictly from They've been a, shooting bad in general. Yeah, not necessarily just threes. They've been shooting bad in general. Exactly. So I'm not I'm not like overreacting to obviously McGee had a not the greatest game and AD just was dominant at the center position, but I'm not I'm not going to overreact to saying that they need to totally change up the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I I just think right now is the time to do it. You clinch okay. the one you have five games to tinker with it. And I think Frank Vogel can just be like, listen, it's not about starting. We're just trying to figure stuff out. If we throw out Kuzma instead of McGee, like you mentioned, fine. It's no big deal. We're just kind of going to try some things out to find a rhythm. I believe Jared Dudley was tweeting about that earlier uh, or after the game last night too. It's like guys are getting their legs. We got to find our shot. We're, we're, we're barely, it's just basically preseason um, with games meaning something. So, to me, if you're going to try it, I'm not saying make a change permanently, but why not right now? Why not try and do something different? Because you literally have nothing to lose. Literally nothing. You are the one seed. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, and this is the time to experiment. Like, I, like I'm not sure it just switching up the starting lineup to do it is that experiment. But I think just giving additional minutes to different, like, combinations we haven't seen so far like we haven't seen any of really Markeith Morris with AD and Kuzma at the same mm-hmm. time like I think that's when we signed Morris he was kind of thought as like oh there's our big stopper on the wing you know the guy we've been right. missing and obviously he had a late start because of you know personal matters and everything and he's still definitely working himself back into game shape but he's like he's one of the guys I'm going to be looking um, close at in these next few games before the playoffs to see how he fits in Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting because he didn't play yesterday, right? Yeah. Like he didn't get any sort of minutes yesterday. I don't know why. Was there a reason why? I must have missed I, it. I'm guessing he's still probably getting in game shape. And I, it's weird because we did see like yeah. guys like Dudley and Cook get out there as well in JR's Dudley. Space. By the way, Dudley, lockdown defense <laughs> at the end of that first half on Mitchell. What's up, dude? Good job. He's just, he just, he's a crafty veteran, right? Like he just does all the little things you want out there. Are you surprised that JR is getting like not an extended run but i mean he's getting more minutes than quinn cook i i'm more surprised about like 
when when he plays. He usually plays like next to Dion Waiters, which is a bit surprising yeah. to me. I would expect it just like when LeBron is off the floor, you bring Dion in. When LeBron is on the floor, you bring JR in. Like they have that chemistry. He's a more of a kind of historically better catch and shoot shooter than Dion. But they've been kind of playing them together, which is like uh, that's kind of like risky. Like I, I doubt that we're gonna see that in the mm-hmm. playoffs. I don't think Vogel's gonna throw. Uh, Dion and Jr. out there at the same time. I think he, I think he's still experimenting. Vogel. Um, I'm not sure if we're but, gonna see Jr. in the playoffs very often. Me neither. But I think Waiters I, is gonna get a good amount of minutes. I think Waiters has proven that yeah he can take on that all in ball creation that this team is needed. Um, Jr. seems more of a you know when things get kind of mucky and they need it. I mean, with the three point shooting is struggling, which it is. But he he also hasn't really had that many attempts, I don't think. Right. I mean, that do you have you liked how? I mean, we saw it in the exhibition games, but in these three games since we were last on, have you liked how aggressive Dion Waiters has been? I have. I th- offensively. Y- um, offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think that it's just a different look. Like if we're just comparing Rondo and him in terms of how they run a pick and roll like rondo when he runs a pick and roll he's looking to pass every time where dion uh he has that threat of being able to take it to the rim or kind of pulling up for his jumper that kind of lures defenders toward him and i think yesterday like toward the end of the third quarter when the lakers were making that run against utah he had a really nice pick and pop sequence with ad that he basically lured two defenders and go bare to him and he kind of just swung it to ad for that open three like Rondo, like that's Rondo. I'm not sure you're sending extra help to him off of a screen. Right. And I think right. that is where the value comes on for having Dion instead of Rondo. Um, so I started off by saying to me the most glaring thing is the three point shot. That's what they need to improve, in my opinion, before the playoffs begin. Then we started talking about the starting five, but to go back to that question about what do they need to improve uh in the starting five. I mean, excuse me, before the playoffs, what is what is there what is it that you think that needs to be improved the most? I, I think it's just kind of getting that rotation set. Like, I'm not really sure, uh, like, kind of the Morris point. Like, I'm not sure who's in that eight, nine-man rotation right now. Like, JR is playing more than I thought he would be. Uh, like, Cook and mm-hmm. Dudley are out there sometimes. I wasn't really expecting that. It was like two and three minutes, yeah, though. It's not very much. That's true. Um, and Kuzma was in foul trouble also. We kind of people forget that yesterday. Mm-hmm. He got those early fouls and was forced to sit. So maybe that was by necessity. But I kind of want to see what that bench rotation looks like and kind of um, like we also haven't really seen Caruso play a lot with LeBron, which is surprising. Right. It's been more Dion with LeBron. And I wonder, I wonder how much of that is is the injury. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like because he seems to be a little fragile still with that lower back injury. Yesterday he took a charge. And he was very slow to get up, mm-hmm. but but he's still getting a over twenty minutes a game. So there should be more Caruso, LeBron. Is, is, is are we seeing things that Vogel's not? Is that what it comes down to? Because <laughs> I, I mean, really, really, we, we 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 keep bringing it up with the Rondo thing for 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 months, and now it's like okay, well now there's no Rondo. So what's the, what's the reason here? Yeah, I think it's tough. Like as fans, we're gonna overreact to every minute and every game and every kind of rotation move. But I'm not sure how much of this is actual Vogel. This is Vogel's plan in terms of these are the guys I'm rolling with, or this is just my experimenting time. 
Like I want to see who can yeah. step up right now. And this is this isn't going to be the final rotation. But I am a bit surprised we haven't seen more of kind of just general Crusoe and LeBron. It's just more kind of tinkering and seeing and maybe just seeing like, hey, let's see how Dion and LeBron work together. I'm probably not going to do it in mm-hmm. the playoffs, but I just want to see how it looks. So maybe I'm maybe we're kind of re- overreacting at that. Yeah, probably, but I mean, we have to be because we haven't had basketball for five months, <laughs> and now true. we're now we, now it's like back in our face. Like I remember uh, when they played the Clippers last week for opening night on Thursday. You know, we went from zero to sixty real quick, and I wasn't ready for that kind of game mm-hmm. yet. Mentally, physically, I just wasn't there yet. You know, it's, I, I didn't have my legs under me, and now you're gonna throw like that kind of game at me. It was great. It was awesome, and it was so awesome to see LeBron like take the challenge against Kawhi defensively at the end of the game and kind of throughout the game. But it, then again, it goes back to the point where, okay, if you can stop Kawhi, you, there's no one on this team that's going to stop Paul George, right? I mean, that's, and you really didn't stop Kawhi. You just kind of stopped mm-hmm. him at the end. So looking, because I always come back to it and maybe I'm a broken record and maybe I should stop bringing it up, but I just feel like these two teams are on a collision course in the playoffs, Clippers, Lakers. So I'm always going to ask the question, like you brought up, like, Marquise Morris is going to be that guard, the perimeter wing guard. Like, can the Lakers defend Leonard and George? And they didn't have Lou Williams, and they didn't have Montrezl Harrell. I'm not sure if Montrezl Harrell is going to go back to the bubble. Uh, he's dealing with some personal issues, but they didn't have those two guys, and the, and the Clippers were still right there. Um, is that an issue that you can see still, like guarding guys like Kawhi, like Paul George in a series? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an issue for every team. Like, <laughs> like obviously, these guys are just. You can't, like you said, it's it's impossible to guard Kawhi and Paul George straight up and do it effectively for 48 minutes. Like, all you can do is kind of make things harder for them. And I was encouraged by that last game. Like, I'm not sure how, like, how you felt about it because we didn't pod directly after that. But did, like, mm-hmm. how, like, how did you feel Kuzma, Danny Green, and LeBron? And I thought AD also. Like, how do you felt like that, those four guys did against those two? I think they were up for the challenge, okay. which I think the mentality was... It seemed different. Obviously, we're not in the locker room. We don't know. But from what it seemed like, I feel like I feel like they are now ready for the challenge. They know what to expect from those two guys. They know what to expect from the Clippers. And they didn't back down. When the Lakers had a big lead, the Clippers came back. And it, it the Lakers didn't seem to be thrown off by it. They were just like, cool, let's do this. Let's go. And I, I, I like that. I love what I perceive that Kuzma's mentality has changed. He knows yes. that he's going to get an extended run of minutes. And he's going out there and he's shooting a lot. And I like that. Yeah, so I wrote yesterday, I think Kuzma's been... I know AD's just been dominant, but like that's not really a surprise to me. I think Kuzma's been the most impressive Laker in these first three games since they've kind of returned. Even going back to that bubble, those exhibition games. Uh, I think like you said, I think you hit it right there with that mentality thing. He, he looks different out there. Like He looks more engaged. Mm-hmm. It looks like he wants to play defense. So I think that's something... Uh, early on that wasn't really a priority for him like it was just let me get my buckets let me get my endorsements but now it's like i like i i want to get this stop i want to be on Kawhi. i want to be on paul george when before if teams would just switch to get him on their best players because they know they can exploit that it's almost like he's taking Mm -hmm. that personally now and he wants to take that challenge on and i hope it's not just a small sample thing like because he's kind of always had flashes of just like oh like shit like he's here like he's making his threes he's playing well rebounding passing like okay but then he gets either injured or he goes cold for 10 games and just looks absent like i hope this is 
the Kuzma we're getting like from here on out. This could be the radio slash Stephen A. Smith inside of me, but are you watching JaVel McGee's vlogs? I haven't. I have only watched one. I know he released one today also. So Kuzma's in them um, kind of frequent. There was one that was like about Kyle Kuzma's pizza party for his birthday. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not going to read into someone's personal life whatsoever. I'm not. But I think when your personal life is good, your career can be good. I feel like Kuzma's kind of going through that right now. I feel like he's he feels confident outside of the court and on the court because it's all kind of going well for him right now. And if you watch the vlogs, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Um, and I just it's a mentality. I mean, athletes are it's the mental aspect of sports is such a big big thing, and which is why last week I said I hope Kuzma gets some some Philly cheese in him. I hope he gets some Dion Waiters mentality in him. Look at how Waiters carries himself on the court. And fans will be cool with it. If you go one for eight, but you're like, I don't know, there's a different swag about it. Like when, when Danny Green goes 0 for 6 on threes, like there's not a confidence in Danny Green because he doesn't carry himself the same way like Dion Waiters does. Does that make sense? Maybe I'm just rambling here. But honestly, like when you carry yourself with some swag, when you when you can see the confidence in a player, you play different. And if you don't perform on a certain game, Fans and people like me are more willing to forgive you because you kind of have that confidence no matter what. Whereas I kind of feel like when Danny's like cold, he's just cold and it's a little different. And I feel like Kuzma has now kind of embraced the fact he knows his role. He knows that he has to perform. He knows like, like this is what I got to do. And now he's going out and doing it. I know it's three games, but I just, I have a totally different vibe coming from Kuzma now. I think that's the thing. It's a vibe with him. Like that feels different. Like obviously on the, like on the floor when we're watching, he obviously he's making his threes, so that's always helpful when he's making his threes. Like just that alone, but the defense and everything, like you said, but it it, it does feel like there's like an attitude shift or kind of a confidence shift that wasn't there at all this year. Like we there are so many possessions and so many times this this season where he kind of just looks lost in the offense and just stands in the corner. And if he's not getting the ball or scoring, then he's not doing much of anything else. But now he's kind of doing both. Like, yesterday, there was a really nice cut he made, and LeBron found him for a layup. Like, he was doing that nonstop his first two years, like, cutting without the without the ball in his hand and spotting up and hitting his corner threes. Like, he's starting to do that again, but also kind of take on this defensive challenge that just wasn't there. So I'm not sure exactly what shifted. I'm not sure if it was an off-the-floor thing or not. Um, but, hey, maybe having a stable girlfriend is is the key to it all. I'm not sure. Listen, I'm not saying that. I just feel like I just... I just, you know, when things are happening in your personal life, it's different. I'm not saying that's the reason why he wasn't playing good this year. I, I don't know. But I just feel like right now he has this this vibe to him, like I said. And 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 he just feel it feels like he's kind of, he gets it now. And he knows what he, what he has to do. He knows his role. And he knows that he's getting a little bit of an expanded role here in the bubble. So he's got to go seize the opportunity. Like, you just kind of have to. And I feel like he is. So... Listen, man, we've been talking about Kuzma all year, and I think that's that's, and maybe not in a positive light all year, but he has to see this stuff. He knows what it is. Like he's on Twitter all the time. He knows what's being said about him. He he's not oblivious to the fact that that people expect something from him because he's shown flashes. Nobody would expect anything from him if he didn't show any flashes last the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's all contextual. I, I I don't think it's like wrong to bring up his personal life because I think. Like, there's a lot of factors into why a player performs the way they do. And I think, 
I think definitely his relationship status and also just like the fact that he's going to be up for an extension soon. Like he, he yeah. knows like if he, he perf- if he performs well, he's like, I'm going to get paid no matter what. Yeah. I'm not sure about that though. <laughs> like I, like obviously I think the Lakers want to keep him around, but like if a team throws crazy money at him, like I'm not sure how quickly they are to match that unless he kind of performs yeah. well here. Like LeBron and AD, like if they don't see you playing well, like we've seen it. We saw last year when they trade all those guys away like they'll they'll be quick to tell Polinka like hey like, I'm not sure if this guy's worth this money but if they see this kind of dog attitude where he's playing defense and playing hard like they're gonna say like yeah you gotta sign this guy like he he he's not oblivious to that his agent is telling him you know you there's a huge spotlight on you on the Lakers and if other teams are saying you play well and the Lakers see you play well if you want to stay here you gotta kind of pick it up here like all of this plays a role into why he's he's performing better. But I just hope personally, like in a mentality, like in terms of how he views the game, he's kind of opened his eyes in terms of what it takes to win and it's not just scoring. So we have five more games. Um the, the Lakers will play four times. Um they got they play tomorrow, they play Thursday, so that's a back to back, and they play Saturday and Monday. So they'll play four times before we come back on air. Um, so when we talk about this improvement and what we want them to, to do, we'll see what happens. That's a lot of games between mm-hmm. now and then. Um, let me just ask you one final thing about maybe not improvement, but talking about a death lineup. Do you think it's more of a game to game basis or do you think that the Lakers actually have established their death lineup? Cause it's very different. Like we brought it up. It's very different from the starting lineup. You'll see Caruso out there. You'll see Kuzma out there, Danny green, LeBron AD. That's kind of what I've seen. But it's it, it differs. But do you think that the Lakers have an established death lineup, or is it just a game by game basis? Yeah, I think it's a game to game basis, just because Vogel. I think he's been a big proponent of the hot hand all year. Like he keeps saying that, like we're just gonna ride whoever's who's hot that night. And I mean, obviously, of LeBron and AD, those are kind of stalwarts in, in that in that death lineup. But yeah, like I, I Kuzma, if he plays well, I think defensively he offers. Um, a different versatility this other guys on the team can't really provide like i think danny green should be there but obviously if his shooting's not there like i, I, I that's what i it's hard to kind of that's why i want to see in these last few games to see those guys step up to see how they close out games with the guys we expect them to because yeah i can definitely see a guy like caruso or even Dion waiters closing out a game if he's hot that night yeah i i at frank vogel's done it all year it's it's the hot hand and and i'm cool with that Obviously, every game is going to be different. You might get guys in foul trouble. You might get guys fouled out. You know, there's we've seen Dwight Howard finish a game for some reason. So you never really know. Um, you know, we we don't have like such a deep team where you're like, well, this guy, it's going to be Clay, KD, Draymond, and and Steph. Like you know, those five four guys were going to be in it. Lakers don't have that. You know, there's going to be two guys in it for sure, unless they foul out. So uh, I'm very cool with the uh, the hot hand. Um, let me ask you a question to wrap up this week's uh talk o tuesday follow us on twitter at alex padilla 86 at alex m regla on twitter subscribe to the throwdowns his newsletter check it out on his profile page it's pinned to his tweet it's pinned to his profile um i was doing my my radio podcast show today and i put my first take hat on my undisputed hat on and i just it just popped in my head because we were talking about anthony davis and we were talking about Lonzo Ball and you know how how it it feels like 
decades ago that Lonzo Ball was a Laker, and we were talking about LeVar Ball all the time and, and all that jazz. Um, but I asked this question because it just came to me, and I wanted to ask you. Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent. All signs point to him re-signing, but you never know. But let me ask it this way. If the Lakers win the championship this year in the bubble, but Anthony Davis walks, was that trade worth it? So I'll ask it again, just in case. If the Lakers win the championship this year with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but Anthony Davis walks as a free agent and does not re-sign, was the Anthony Davis trade worth it? Oh man, that's tough. Um, yeah, like I, I don't think so. Like I, because like obviously if you were, like that's the goal. Like the Rockets, I mean not the Rockets, the uh, the Raptors made that gamble with Kawhi, right? And uh, they got mm-hmm. the championship. He left. But thankfully, they had an infrastructure in place where they weren't completely kind of depleted. Like if AD walks, like I don't, I don't know who the Lakers go out and get after that because they've already traded away all their assets. Like, and, and I don't think really anyone's available this offseason who even comes close to kind of replicating the player that AD is. I, I think it just sets you back so far as a franchise. Like, who knows then what happens to LeBron because he's going to be up. His player option is going to be up soon. Like, does he just walk? And then we're back to right. ground zero to here. square one. Yeah. And we're going to go back to those Chris Kamen laying on the bench days. Well, let me ask you this question then. Are you saying that because the Lakers have won so many championships and they haven't, you know, they're not a titleless franchise? They are one the most decorated franchise along with the Celtics in NBA history. Like, does that play a part in it? The fact that you have. In the 2000s, you won five. Like, does that make... And then you had the Showtime Lakers before that. Does that influence you at all? Because I feel like, I don't know, like, if you, if you, if your team's never won a championship before, you might say one is worth it, right? I think you're right. Like, I, I mean, obviously, like, I was lucky enough to grow up through, during those, you know, Shaq Kobe eras. I've seen titles won. I've got to celebrate those titles won. Uh, and that definitely plays a role. Like, I'm sure the Raptors fans are like, Hell yeah! Just give us one championship. I'm happy. Like and we, mm-hmm. like it, I, we would understand the Thunder the have been like, yeah? Would the Thunder have said the same thing if Paul George won? Like, yes, I think any going, small yeah, market like, team would agree on that. I think you're right. Like, how about you? Yeah. Would you feel like it was worth it if we get one? I say 100 percent yes because it's been so long since we've been in the damn playoffs. So I'm like thirsty for it, you know. Oh. And I let's say LeBron walks. Let's say LeBron retires. I mean, even if he's even if he re-signs and Anthony Davis leaves, what's he going to re-sign for? A year-to-year deal? You think LeBron's going to sign a five-year deal with the Lakers? Another four-year deal with the Lakers? I just don't see it. Um, will we go back to square one? One hundred percent. Yep. Will the Pelicans be better off for a longer term? Yes. But are the did the Pelicans win a championship? No. So I think the goal is to win a championship. How you get there doesn't really matter. I mean, if you don't set yourself up for the future, in my opinion, if you win, who cares? Like, you went all in and you won. It paid off. Um, now, the the downside to the trade is if the opposite happens. If you don't win and he walks, then it totally wasn't yeah. worth it, obviously. But to me, the end game is always to win. It's not to win three or four or five. Yeah, that's awesome. And it would be great if in the 2020s that the Lakers win another five. But... You kind of see how hard it is to win, you know, like in, 
we kind of got luck. We got we had a solid, solid 12, 13 years there with the with Kobe and Shaq and and then Powell and, and all that. Like that was great. But even in between, there were still ups and downs until Powell came in. So you see how difficult it is to even establish that. So to me, one championship equals totally worth it. And if you got to start over, I guess you got to start over. But that's the kind of the price you pay for winning a championship. I understand, though, that most Laker fans will say no because of the history. You know, we don't win one. We win a few, and then we kind of do it again. So I, I get it. I get both ways. But to me personally, if you win one, that's the goal. You won, and and that's the goal. So it's worth it. I mean, I can't disagree with you. I mean, obviously, if you win championship, like you said, that's what every franchise, every front office, every player wants, right? Like, as, mm-hmm. as long as you're, if you win one, or as long as you win that year, that's your goal for every team. And if the Lakers win, like, that's a success. Like, everyone yeah. did their job. And if AD walks, then he walks. But, I mean, also, why would he walk if he just win championship? Right. I mean, Kawhi did. But I think that was for different reasons. That was like a given. But yeah, I think Anthony Davis was very much wanting to be traded to yes. the Lakers, where Kawhi just got traded and that he ended up on the Raptors. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I mean, just look across the hall. You bring up Kawhi again. Like the Clippers, you know, signed and traded for Paul, Je- signed Kawhi, traded for Paul George. If, and they both signed like a two year, yeah, a three year deal, but they could yep. opt out of two, mm-hmm. right? If they win one, the Clippers and Steve Ballmer are freaking yep. throwing the giantest parade ever. Mm-hmm. And they're going to open that arena in Inglewood and, and be former champions. You know, like it, that's so I understand the history skews the vision for the Lakers, but I also understand that it ain't easy to win one. Cause there's a lot of teams that haven't won one. So I will take one and then we'll, you know, if we can survive the last seven years of not making the playoffs, we can survive another seven as much as it would suck. And I think I get to bring up a different sport. I think that's something Dodgers and Dodger fans have kind of had to deal with because we have a super smart front office with Andrew Friedman. And basically every time he's asked, because the Dodgers obviously have this incredibly stacked team in terms of their minor stacked. league system, their major league system, their everything is just completely loaded. But they haven't done well in the playoffs or won a World Series. They've made it there but they haven't won the World Series. And, you know, obviously fans can say, like, we just want one. I don't care what it takes. Trade all the young guys. Do what you got to do. But Friedman always says we have to do that balance where we need to play for now, but also look for the future. And I think that's where a lot of fans are frustrated. Although you're set every year, you're put in a position to be successful. Have they won a championship yet? Nope. Uh, So I think that's something. Yeah. It's a different a different approach for each franchise and sport but yeah i mean the end game is ultimately to win championship i think how do you get there what you give up does it matter as long as you get it but i just don't want to rebuild i mean there's a reason (laughs) there's a reason why andrew friedman the dodgers traded for mookie betts without having extension like yeah he signed it now yeah but there's a reason why you took that risk because you haven't won since 1988 and you want to win you know like it's even if you get him as a rental i mean you see it at the trade deadline every single year in baseball you see it every single year. There's a guy that has six months remaining on his deal. You trade for him at the trade deadline. You make a run, and hopefully you win. If you don't, hey, we tried. I mean, because you're trying to win one. That's it. You're trying to win one. Yeah, I mean, Manny Machado, you Darvish, like the Dodgers have tried, um, hasn't worked. Uh, I, totally. I mean, totally different sports. Obviously, I mean, they have the minor league system and stuff. The Lakers don't. Right. But I, again, I, I think the West is 
right now it's going to be as open as it's going to be, I think, going forward. I think they're in the best position to win this year, all things considered. Like, in this crazy environment, you have two stars, crazy good chemistry. Like, if the Lakers don't win this year, I, I, I mean, I'm going to be disappointed just because I think this is a really good shot. Like, they, this is the closest yeah. they've been, obviously. I mean, they haven't made the playoffs. But, th- like, it just feels like th- like this is their chance here. What's crazy, though, is like we keep talking about like getting to the finals and beating the Clippers, but the East on top looks pretty damn good, too, man. Giannis looks great. The Raptors, obviously, you saw how yeah, good their good. defense is, uh-huh. and they have players, too, that, that they're just a team, dude. Like yep. There's really no stars there. They are just a team. They remind me, I don't know, like those like mid-2000 Spurs that they were like, yeah, they had some guys, but they were just a team, you know? Like that i get that vibe from the raptors i don't think it's going to be easy for the lakers to win they do have obviously they have an amazing chance you know i think they're they might be the favorites in in vegas but i just think it's going to be hard on the west it's going to be hard in the finals whoever gets there so let's go all in this obviously we're all in this year let's see what happens but alex um i'll put the link up because i put a poll up um for that question because i'm curious to see what laker fans think like i really am because i think a lot of laker fans think like you like no, it's not worth it because it's just one, you know? And uh, we'll see what people say. I'll, I'll attach the link on a bottom tweet when I post the podcast today. Um, we'll do this every week, every time we play. I mean, every time we pod. Lakers play four. What's their record in the next four games? Ooh, next four games. All right. Versus the Thunder, versus the Rockets, versus the Pacers, versus the Nuggets. Or should, should I say it like home versus the Thunder? <laughs> on the road versus the Rockets, on the road versus the Pacers, and home versus the Nuggets. I'll just, for this purpose, I'll assume they all play. Are we assuming that all these guys are, are going to play, or is Vogel going to sit them? I think that they will play. I think, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to play on the Kings game, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but I but that's not until next Thursday. I do think that we're going to see LeBron and AD in every all game. Right. I'll, I'll I don't know how much. I don't know how much, but I think they will play. Okay. If they play, you know, obviously normal kind of minutes, rotations. I think in these next four, Thunder, Rockets, Pacers, Nuggets. Ooh, that's good ones. Uh, I'll say they go three and one. Okay. Because I was saying, even if they play, like, you never really know. That's a solid four teams. The Thunder is, are a surprise yeah. of the West. The Rockets, we all know that matchup is just weird. Uh, the Pacers got Oladipo back, if I'm not mistaken, so they're... And the Nuggets are just good. So I'm just going to go two and two because okay. I don't think LeBron and AD will play their full like 35, 40 minutes a game. But two and two. But dude, it's so cool that who cares? They're the one seed. <laughs> there, there's a luxury. <laughs> like, yeah, these games don't really let's matter. Just hope, let's just hope that they like play well. You know, if they don't win, oh well, like let's just hope they play well. That and staying healthy. That's the, that's the number one goal. Like we talked about what we want to see, what they need to work on. I don't really care as long as they're healthy going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you. No injuries, please. All right, man. Well, we are back with you guys. This is Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday, unless there's a game, then we'll post it Tuesday night, and you'll probably hear it on Wednesday. Um, I'm Alex Padilla, at Alex Padilla 86. You're Alex Regla, at Alex M. Regla. Subscribe to the Throwdowns. Every Monday, you publish? Yeah, I think so far I've, I've been consistent with that. I'm going to try to do it again this Monday. Um, so check that out. We are with you guys every Tuesday. We'll see what the Lakers look like in four games. Subscribe. We are on Spotify, Apple, uh, all that jazz. Check us out. 
Alex, always a pleasure. It's so good to talk about actual basketball and not try and think of like what wrestler <laughs> Kyle Kuzma compares to. Although that was fun. Yeah, I, I That was I fun. Agree. That was probably my, my favorite quarantine <laughs> podcast, not going to lie. That, yeah, those were the kind of dark days of this pod. But yeah, they were a lot of fun. But yeah, it, it's it makes it a lot more easier to talk about when there's actual basketball. Yeah. All right. So Alex, we'll talk to you next week and uh, have a good week, dude. You too, man. Thanks.